Everyone has an interesting story to tell, and I want to share them with the world. I am your host, Mr. Minigolf, and this is my show, Par for the Course. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Par for the Course with me, your host, Mr. Minigolf. Last week, we heard from Garrett Beatty, a fellow Season 2 Holy Moly contestant and an IT professional, talk about his memories with the Boy Scouts of America and charity organizations he's involved with. This week's guest is Hugh Kelly, an improv comedian that has worked with the founder of The Onion, Scott Dykers, to co-author How to Write Funnier and has now authored his own book called A Game of Kooky Drones, a parody of the ending of Game of Thrones that is now available to purchase on Amazon. For this episode of Par for the Course, he was also signing any purchased copies of A Game of Kooky Drones, just for you listeners. Links to reach out to him in the show description, as well in his guest profile page. If you are a fan of Game of Thrones, you are definitely going to want to get Hugh's book. The sponsors of this episode for Par for the Course are Night Sports USA, the creators of the fantastic Night Sports 7-color Spectrum light-activated golf ball, which changes the night game of golf and mini-golf alike. Another sponsor of the show is Swingtime Germantown, my favorite mini-golf course in all of Wisconsin. Experience it for yourself and be amazed. Our next sponsor is Jackpot, the traveling and charitable mini-golf hole-in-one skills contest where you always putt for dough. Lastly, we have minigolfreviews.com, one of the largest minigolf websites in the world with tons of great minigolf content. With over 5 million views to date, will you be part of the largest minigolf empire out there? Now on to the show. Hi everybody, welcome back for another episode of Par for the Course with Mr. Minigolf. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Hugh Kelly and he's an author and a comedian. So Hugh, take it away. Let's see what you got to tell us tonight. Hi, guys. This is my name is Hugh Kelly. I am an improv comic. I do comedy. I'm a comedian. I'm an author. Um, I am based out of Washington, D.C. I am really looking to talk about whatever floats your boat, whatever you guys are happy to, or whatever you guys want to hear. Um, but as I was telling Carl earlier, I really am looking to talk about myself. It's one of the few opportunities in life that you just get to just talk about yourself you know so I'm just taking full of it's like graduation um I was thinking about all all the college grads missing out on um their graduation right Mm -hmm. um and I'm like that is the one day a year or excuse me one day in like forever in a few days out of life that you just get totally devoted to yourself so I'm like oh I feel like a college grad today you know because they've missed out on obviously because of being quarantined they missed out on their graduation celebration so I'm like you know, I just want to get back to the college kids. That's what I want to do today. But um, yeah, I want to talk about myself. I have a book that I just released. It is called A Game of Kooky Drones. It is a Game of Thrones parody. Um, Kooky is spelled K-O-O-K-Y. Um, and it is a book that I recently wrote. I did everything. Well, um, I didn't do the cover art, but I did uh, pretty much everything else. Um, and I'm released it into the world um and it's just a pretty straightforward parody book so if you're looking if you like game of thrones 
Um, it's a book for you if you like to laugh. And I think everybody likes to laugh because, um, you know, your heart functions better. You have joined, you will enjoy this book. So it's pretty much like a book for, um, you don't even have to like watch Game of Thrones. It's pretty, you, it's a pretty funny story that you can still follow um, if you didn't watch the show. But if you did, um, the prerequisites for you liking and loving this book is well, already there. So yeah, that's what I do. Um, I uh, do improv comic. I trained at the Second City a little bit in Chicago and then in Washington Improv Theater in Washington, D.C. Um, my I was, I was able to actually uh, meet the founder or work with the founder of The Onion. I know you guys are aware of the humor publication, The Onion. Um, at When I was doing some stuff at Second City, I took some classes online. Um, Scott Dickers is the co-founder of The Onion, and I was able to kind of link up with him, and we found a copacetic um, vibe, quote-unquote. Um, and so um, I was able to contribute to his book that he released called How to Write Funnier, and it's basically a how-to manual for the uh, How to Write Funnier. It is the second in the How to Write Funny series of his, um, and it's basically just like a, a guide to writing humor for a mass audience and the techniques and the craft that goes into it and I got to put some of my work in there and um I was uh was able to I beg Scott and he let me do it um and he was happy with my work so that's sort of where my uh, humor writing sort of began and then I've also been published in Weekly Humorist um in The Black Sheep and then so I have this Game of Thrones parody book which I just came out so my humor writing journey is um is, is sort of coming, is evolving as we speak. So I'm really excited to be here today. And I'm really glad that Carl uh, wanted to have me on because I um, I was thinking like, ah, like golf, like pop golf to me, um, it's, it's, it's one of the funniest things on earth um, because like, like I do it, I did it a year ago um, and I was like, I'm a grown man and it's still super fun. So mm-hmm. like I thought I saw all right. the kids and it's like the funniest thing in the world. I don't find many things fun. So as a grown man, if I found something like super duper fun, I'm going to latch onto that. So I was like, I got to keep doing, I didn't, I did like once over the summer and then they actually, as we were discussing before, uh, it shut down, uh, because it wasn't the mm-hmm. summer and I was looking forward to getting back into it this year, but yeah, I feel, uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Carl. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe to go on like such a long-winded rant there, but I just no, it's 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 all great. Um, yeah, uh, that's what's one of the things I really do love about um, miniature golf is that um, anybody of any age, background, uh, gender, race can get involved and play mini golf and have a good time doing it. Like, you don't have to be at a pro level like I am. Um, Mm. You can be it could be your first time and you can find that you have a, a a fun experience with it and there's that repeat value of being able to go back because one you know you're playing maybe you're playing with a different group of people um or um you're playing with the same group of people but you lost last time so you know you got to win this time or or it's just about you know doing better for yourself like okay you got par um the first time you're there well why not get under par and and you know complete uh, um, improve on your experience with that and then also there's just so many courses throughout 
you know, at least the United States um, with so much variety and, and just randomness to it that um, you, you really can't be bored with Mm-mm. all the different options that are out there. Mini golf sounds a lot like I just was, well, I got this image of improv comedy. It mm-hmm. sounds like the technique to it. And then I got this image of like somebody doing improv comic on a mini golf course. And I was like, <laughs> if you, I know you do stand up, um, but if you ever try improv, I think if you could ever just hold, get a group of people and do improv comic on a mini golf course, it would be super phenomenal. <laughs> well, I think I'm the right person to at least give that a try. I mean, yeah, yeah I've never, I've never done improv. Um, I'm just starting to get into the more stand up scene. You know, I've, I've written out my set and, and want to get out there and give it a shot. Um, but I don't think uh, like trying necessarily to do like a, a stand up set virtually is like, at least even for the first time is the way to go because unless you have a, a really solid laugh track that you're just hitting every time, you know, you finish the joke, right? Because uh, uh, it's, now kind of I, t- I, it's kind sorry, of tough when you don't have anybody to laugh and you build off that energy. That's what I was thinking. Like, I'm like, so you were doing it, but like, there's no clubs open. I know a lot of people are doing virtual standup in their homes, but it's, it's very, established comedians but i'm thinking like how are people that are you know first getting their uh toes wet into stand-up like you know are the i i haven't looked into this recently i'm doing improv so i'm like improv focused but um mm-hmm. like how are they getting their feet wet with everything that's going on yeah i think right now it's just like you know people are practicing in front of the mirror and you know yeah. may, maybe a good technique is try to make yourself laugh and no, you have to and if you can do that then you know getting in front of people is is really not that tough but i mean i'm a big fan of listening to joe rogan and his show and him mm-hmm. bringing on comedians all the time and you know they often more often than not you know they're talking about that they still bomb even this far in their careers and being oh yeah you know, such established comedians so you know i think for most people trying something new that's like their biggest fear is just like oh you might fail and that's why you never even give it a shot. But for me, for everything that I, I've ever gotten into, it's like, well, if I fail, then I learn from it. If I don't like that experience, I'm going to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So it's like, why not just get go out there, try it, and, and see what happens. And I've always you know, kind of had a humorous take on a lot of things. Obviously, being a professional miniature golfer, I have to have a pretty good sense of humor because mm-hmm. most people don't take me seriously. And uh wonder when i'm gonna get a real job but i already did the real job so you already got the real job you got the dream job so yes now i got the dream job so i'm all set yeah failure is an upward trajectory as i like to say and in stand-up uh you better get some thick skin because you'd be failing a lot Mm -hmm. um that's how you get good um you will jerry seinfeld fails today Mm -hmm. billion dollars he will he goes he doesn't just release a new stand-up special he goes and he crowdsources and he bombs and you know you would never think that jerry seinfeld uh would be failing uh particularly at this level or kevin hart but they fail every day and they just keep getting up because you know they well i mean they've got you know they're very money motivated but obviously like they failed and failed and failed their entire lives and their entire careers and they've won and won and won and won their entire lives and their entire careers so it's it's failure I, I, it is just part of the fun as I've come to, it's not, to me, it's like, it's not easy when you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, you know, I, I used to think like, it's not easy when you're going through it. That's something I used to think, but now it's like, if when I'm going through it now, I'm like, hell yeah. You know? Um, I don't know if that's really a PG language. I can that's, you're all right. You're all right, man. Okay, good. All right. Good. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, it's fun. It's fun to me now. So well, it, 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 it creates some variety, right? I mean, one, you're yes. learning, you're learning from, you know, from failures. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you're just killing it all the time, which sure is great, um, money wise, but, um, you know, it does change it up because I know a lot of people think like with comedians, at least they're like, Oh, you have this great set. It's funny. Ha ha ha. But they do it every night, you know, for, mm. or, or, or maybe every weekend or, or most every nights. Night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, after a while, I'm sure doing the same set gets pretty old and that's why, um, you know, there's a lot of comedians that will change and work on stuff. Like you just said, like, you know, Kevin Hart, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, they're always working on new stuff and they, they have to play to see, you know, what people actually find funny. And, and sometimes, you know, what they think is funny for one audience is definitely not. And it might even come off as like offensive or something just mm -hmm. because, you know, they're just seeing how the crowd reacts and, and luckily for them, you know, they're, they are in a position where it's like, Oh, well, I bombed this one. It's not like I'm homeless now. Right. But for some comedians, I mean, I mean, every gig is super important, so they have to work really hard, but you know, sometimes they do fail, but, so, but they're going to tell you something that for sure. Yeah. You, I feel like have cornered the market on mini golf humor. Mm -hmm. You will corner the market on that yeah, for sure. That is yeah. really a unique, um thing in comedy so i would i'd like i'm dying to hear it now mm -hmm. um so i'm definitely i really but i feel like you've got that market um so i'm like uh, him it's like the biggest i mean it's not it's a niche market you're always looking for something unique um so i feel like that is one of the most unique things i've heard um in comedy and i've been um dabbling and now i'm going full-time in comedy but i've been dabbling in it since i was 19 years old so like mm -hmm. How old am I? I just turned 27 last week. So. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. I know. It was uh, a week ago, the May 20th. Um, so eight years or seven years, something like that. Um, and I have not seen, so in the seven or whatever years that I've been, you know, going into comedy, I ain't seen the, the mini golf humor. <laughs> so that's, you. That's really have, encouraging then. Yeah. Yeah. I you definitely have, can you, have a name for myself with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I am Mr. Mini Golf, so I already got that name. But how did you get into that? Like, that is so you don't meet a lot of professional um, mini golfers. So yeah. I'm like, I'd love to hear how you got into that. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like with most people, played it as a kid growing up, right? Um, as a kid, early on, I uh, we did this thing called Young Authors at my mm. school, right? So you would write your own your own books, and you do the illustrations. And this was like during like elementary school. So I think I did that in something to that effect when I was like thirteen too, like in middle school. Yeah, I think um, I think I was probably the first year that I was able to do something where I was actually comprehending you know, actually creating a story that made sense. Mm -hmm. And my first one that I made was a book on um, miniature golf, like designing mm -hmm. my own course. And, you know, I've always had that in the back of my mind, but, and I always loved to play growing up, but, you know, I, I went the traditional route. I went to a good school. I went to uh, a school for engine uh, that 
did engineering and and that kind of thing but i ended up doing a degree in technical communications mm -hmm. um with a minor in marketing and entrepreneurship and a certificate in web design so um mm -hmm. i actually got a role uh, at a fortune 500 company as a product documentation intern so a lot of writing and doing client facing mm -hmm. uh documentation and then um doing a lot of usability studies and, and meeting with like our big clients and things like that, which evolved into doing a, a business systems analyst role, which meant I designed functionality of products. So I did banking software. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, uh, things like uh, online bill pay and, and all that. Uh, it was, it was interesting to some degree, but then um, the last two and a half years that I was working at the company, they also put me in a dual role to be the technical writer. And um, mm. I was the lead on that. So, because I was the only one uh, and I was just figuring out how to really get good with um, creating great content and being really organized and using content management software. And um, I was able to produce a lot of content and uh, we got this big project. You might've heard of it um, called Zelle. You might've seen commercials on Hulu or oh, the banking like thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we worked on that to, you know, provide that to, uh, third parties uh so other banks could you know they don't have to do the development work of it wow. they can just plug it in and go so i did i created a lot of the client facing documents for that in the product manual so um had great experience even though i'm also only 27 so it's a mm -hmm. weird trend today that talked to a lot of 27 year olds but um you know i got great experience with writing in, in that regard but during this time um, I was, I had this realization that I could make mini golf a career again or, or make mm -hmm. it a career. And so I created this website called mini golf reviews.com. Mm -hmm. And, um, I found a need in the market where, um, I had a favorite cor course growing up that was an indoor course and it closed in the, the mid two thousands. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for pictures online of it and I couldn't find any anywhere. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, this was like my favorite course of all time. And I couldn't, find anything for it so i didn't want that type of thing to happen again so mm -hmm. i just started going to courses and documenting taking pictures of every hole and and you know analyzing how how people play the, the course and the, the condition and what makes it unique and i so i started doing that and posting the different courses and the hole designs and i created the mr mini golf persona and that's i started that in october of 2017 and it was kind of cool. Really cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool because um, even in those three months, I was starting to get quite a bit of traffic. Uh, well, for what I was doing, I, I had 10,000 views in three mm -hmm. months on my content, oh, wow. which for mini golf was like, oh, that's amazing. Like I was so like, I can't believe people are actually reading this. And, you know, you know, it's, it seems like it's worthwhile. And then uh, 2018, I, I kept working and making improvements on that. And it got up to 50,000 for the year. So I was still seeing some growth. And then 2019, uh, I had finished paying off my student loans and mm -hmm. I decided there's nothing holding me back anymore from doing a bunch with mini golf. So I left the job and started pursuing mini golf full time. And in 2019, I went from 50,000 all the way up to over 3 million. So <sighs> it, it was just, it's just, it's just going crazy. And already this year alone, um, about two and a half million, uh, just this year alone. So 
uh, it's going to, it's going to kick up a bunch and, you know, it's just traveling all over the country and playing different courses and documenting those playing in tournaments and, and work and playing with in leagues and, and other competitions. Like um, I had auditioned to be on season two of Holy Moly and made the cut. And so um, filmed that in back in March and, you know, that just aired the premiere uh, last Thursday on ABC and it was kind of cool because I wasn't expecting it, but I made a little cameo appearance in the premiere, which mm. was kind of fun to to see, and it, it surprised me for sure. Um, and it's just a it's a really cool um, opportunity to have been able to be involved with that and um, all the fun with that, and and that's kind of what prompted me to get started with with my show is. I love hearing people's stories about, you know, what they're passionate about and, you know, that they're pursuing that. And I want people to share those stories, but at the same time, I also wanted to create this like um, platform where um, people from season one and season two could share their behind the scenes, juicy content from Holy Ooh. Moly. So I'm, I'm going to be interviewing contestants from the show so they can share, you know, what happened when you were walking behind set, you know, who did you run into? What kind of stuff didn't make television that who would did be you like, run into? Like who is somebody really? Well, I can't go into too many details, but oh. obviously one of the people that was there um, was uh, Rob Riggle. And mm. I can tell you very funny, but behind the scenes, we did have an interaction that definitely won't be, Mm -hmm. uh, on television but you'll mm -hmm. have to tune in to hear you know what kind of stuff happened between us but no it was a cool it was really cool and you know that was my first time out in LA um and there was just so much really neat cool stuff to do out there too besides that just is, doing the show that is amazing um it's really like it's just you deep dived um it kind of really relates to me as well because um, you deep dived into doing what you love to do and mm -hmm. you really made it work. Um, that's, I consider, uh, so the founder of the onion, Scott Dickers, he's like a mentor to me in many different ways. Now we still uh, talk all the time. Um, and he really advocates that doing what you love, because when you love it, um, you just pursue it a lot harder. You just innately do it. You you forget all the, you know, the the malarkey and the, you know, all of the politics and all of that. You you forget all of it because you, it's kind of like blinders, you know. Mm -hmm. Um you 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 just lock onto it. And so it's really it's you like you said you found an uh, a a hole or niche in the market. You I feel like you created it and found it and now you're doing really well with it. Um, and it really relates to me as, you know, doing comedy is I, I sort of was like when I was like 19 or something like that. One day I just was like, you know what? I think I'm pretty funny. Um, and I think I can write some jokes. And that's just really what it was for me. You know, I had adored Tina Fey. I had adored um, Eddie Murphy. I had adored... Um, you know, Richard Pryor and Paul Mooney and Louis C.K. at the time, and then all these people and Sarah Silverman, Maria Bamford, and I adored them, but I was like, I really feel like I could be them, you know? Um, so mm -hmm. it was just for me, and it was just, it, it's been, and I've done a, similar things to you. Like I, uh, you know, I went to school for political science, actually, and I've worked on campaigns, and I've been, you know, co-campaign manager and all of this. Um, and I actually recently did that back in November for 
uh, Delegate Haleala's re-election campaign um, and just working, and Republicans and Democrats alike, um, I've done for both, but I, I'd always, you know, found this luck and I'd always been going back to comedy and I had to, and I, you know, he really taught me like, you have to be an entrepreneur in this, like you are the business and you have to think like a business person if you want to uh, create success, if you want to, you know, make a living doing it even, you have yep. to think mm -hmm. like a business person. Um, so it's funny, like I, I work at Yelp as in one of my day jobs and it's, it's really, I talk to a lot of, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs and, uh, and so when you said technical writing, like I sort of do something similar where I, I you know, I meet with a lot of clients and I do a lot of technology sales, in fact, um, but it, 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 it informs my story as a comic and it's helped, you know, fund my story as mm -hmm. uh, it's funded the book that I, I, you know, created, but that I, uh, self-published myself, um, funded that, um, because that, you know, to really do it correctly, it does take quite a bit of money to do, um, you know, so to do it well. And so I've gotten a lot of really good reviews on my book, which is, again, I'm going to say it again, a game of kooky drones. Kooky is K-O-O-K-Y. And then drones um, is like the drones in the sky. Um, I'm thinking the name is really hard to pronounce now. I hear it and I have to spell it. I'm like, why didn't I not choose an easier name <laughs> than that? Like, I have to spell it to make it make sense. But I'm like, okay, he, but you lived and you learned. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, I wanted to create a really funny product. That's, and I wanted to, for that. And I was, you know, I just was watching the last season of Game of Thrones, you know, with everybody else. And I was like, and then I do this thing where I rewatch the show or mm -hmm. rewatch my favorite shows. I like start from the beginning and I just noticed all these funny things in it. And I was like, you know what? There's a, there is a, like people want to laugh at Game of Thrones. They are already crying and bemoaning the final season. They want to also laugh at it. Um, so I decided to take my unique perspective. I would like to think my perspective is unique. I know it is. Um, and put it on Game of Thrones. And I took my experience with, you know, working with Scott um, in Second City and doing sketch and improv um, and, and incorporated into my book. Um, so I have like short stories. I have sketches in the book. Um, I've included, you know, some little musical tidbits in there. Um, so I, I've I've tried to make it as fun as possible and, and, and just funny. It's humorous. I, um, it sort of let, that's what sort of led me to me and what my journey as an entrepreneur has been. Mm -hmm. um, it has been like, I am totally an entrepreneur. I'm trying to, you know, generate, I'm trying, I'm selling it. Like I have to, very hard to do. It's hard to sell. I'm, uh, you know, doing all the costs, uh, there's advertising costs and this and that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to, it was number one, um, last week, briefly, I did a sale and I got it to be number one in its category in the television reference category it's awesome. in the, in the parody category. Um, and it was like number six of parody, but it was number one in television reference, but it cracked the top 10 on all the categories that I had. Um, so that was really cool. Like I, like I, wrote and created a best-selling book I could have had to you know lower the costs of it a little so I didn't make that much money but I'm you know raising it to its market value now but um you know it's cool it was just amazing to see a I, I created this best-selling book that people would actually you know 
found interesting, found funny, found fun. You know, it helped people. It it did what it was supposed to do. It it, it made someone's life better. So that's what I was really thrilled to see that. Um, it, it was a lot of hard work and it that um, sort of informs my, I haven't been very jokey in this interview. Um, I don't know why, but I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I should be, you know, I want to be myself, but I also like, you know, myself is like extreme. So, and when people read the book, it's not like extreme, extreme, but it's not like, you know, family. It's Game of Thrones. It's a Game of Thrones parody. Yeah, we, we've yeah. all watched Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, some stuff in there. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, so that's, I just, I was like really happy that people were enjoying that. Um, and I want more people to enjoy that. So that's, and you know, that's, I guess that the core of being an entrepreneur is to me personally, this is, I guess for me, um, is just, and I guess everybody else, but mine specifically, it's like creating, um, you know, the energy and the products that you put out into the world. Um, how are they, how are you creating value with those products? How is it benefiting your customers? How is it benefiting? Like I never, you know, and that's how I think of it now. And it's really, it's like cool for that journey to do from something that you love and then, okay, so now I got to make a living and figure out how I'm going to do that and this and that. Um, and then how to do that, um, with ethics and integrity. So that's sort of been my journey so far. So, yeah, so that's, I'm working on another book as we speak. I'm working on two books, actually. I'm going to do a Sex in the City parody book, um, but it's totally focused on Samantha. I don't know if, like, I'm not the people, I tell people this and they're like, you watch Sex in the City? Really? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I got my guilty pleasures. I was going to say, everyone's got their guilty pleasure show. For and sure. People wouldn't expect me to watch it, but you know. Uh, and then I'm working on an essay collection, but I'm trying to do the parody, the Sex and the City parody book, because I, especially for right now, I, I mean, they're all funny books, um, but like we need, like humanity literally is desperate for this right now. And it's just, I want to, if I can put that out with what I'm doing, what more could you ask for, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I relate to that a lot too, because like you said, with uh, morals and integrity, um, like that's what's, is, is such a big part of, I think people that are trying to be entrepreneurs that they need to realize is that um, you can have a business and you can make it a successful business and it can be something that's unusual. Um, but you can also still, you know, give back and help other people with whatever you do, whether, you know, it is donating money towards a mm -hmm. cause or, you know, you're just creating something that allows people to laugh and, and just, you know, escape from problems uh, in life for a while, which it sounds like that's exactly what your book does, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and it, we're both living proof that, um, if you put in the hard work and you're passionate about it, you can make that be successful. Like, again, how many people have you ever met that are professional miniature golfers make a living and you know, they're not starving. Obviously with this body, Zilch. I'm not starving. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, now, I'm thriving. The first one. Yeah. I couldn't tell by the body. I could tell by the uh, tone of voice that you were thriving. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a hearty young man. I can, uh, I'm doing all right with just what I'm doing. And, you know, that's the thing. If people can, you know, get over the fact that, like, you don't have to um, do, like, that 
destined path that, you know, everyone tells you like, you know, you always hear like, Oh, you have to be a doctor. You have to be an engineer. You know, you have to go into business. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't have to do other things to support your dreams. Um, like you said, you, you know, you, you, you do a day job to working with Yelp, but that was to support you getting your book out there and, and being able to really pursue what you really wanted to. I mean, for me, my day job is still involved with mini golf. I work at a miniature golf course and driving range in between all the events and, and travels and mini golf stuff that I do. It's just still involved, but I mean, again, I love it. It's not like it's really work because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm passionate about that. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's, you know, you can't, um, that is, it is a rare feeling, you know, to have that. Not most people don't have that um, feeling. And I feel like a lot of people feel stuck in that, you know, gray area, you know, they have this thing that they want to do, or they have this um, idea or, or, or whatever it is. And it's, it's, it's primarily fear-based of failure, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, you know, when you just like, when you just stop, when you don't value judgment so much, mm-hmm. a lot of that just dissipates. It just goes out the window um, and you can really focus on what it is that you were put on this earth to do. You know, that's not, and it's, it's when you don't value that kind of negative judgment um, uh, that is, you know, primarily derived from fear itself. Um, it, it, it's just, you know, it's just like, somebody tapping you on the shoulder and you're like, yeah, what? And okay, bye. And it's, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not something that has to be so integral to, um, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur. So I like that. I I always like to help people and help people that, that, you know, if they just, that little voice in the, that judging judgmental, it could be in your head. It could be your family member. It could be whatever. Um, It's just fear. Just, if you don't value, if you learn to not value it so much, it really helps you create a path that, you know, feels right to you. So are you saying it's like that little voice that says, Oh, you might not succeed at this or, you know, it's not going to work or you, you know, don't even try. It's just going to fail. Like that type of voice. Yeah. It's exactly that type of voice. And sometimes a lot of people, it could be like in their own life. It doesn't even have to be that little voice in your own head. Mm -hmm. It could be like a person in your life. Mm-hmm. um that is saying that or doing that or subtly doing that um they, and, just, they don't have that belief in you yeah and it's and it's they don't or they don't have that it's not even so much you it could be like they don't believe in themselves yeah you know they're projecting um an idea and sometimes it could be maybe they're thinking um you know that they could never do it so you can't do it yep. Um, yeah, I get that all the time. It's like, you know, people are like, you know, laugh at me because I'm a professional miniature golfer, but it's like, you know, people that I talk to, it's like, well, what do you do? Well, um, I bag groceries all day and that's it. Well, dude, I play, I play a game and that's how I make yeah. a living. Like, yeah. You know, like why are you laughing at me? I'm having a great yeah. time. I, I, I'm living, I'm happy with my life. Like he's not happy with his life. So that's why he's laughing at you. Right. And it's, they could not do what you do. So it's, 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 it's just having a sort of higher emotional quotient, quotient, um, higher EQ um, to be able to kind of flutter out those 
you know, voices, so that judgment, that critical judgment, that that jealousy, or that whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, because it's going to happen. If you're an entrepreneur, it's going to happen, especially if you get good, if you sell a certain number of volume of things, you're naturally going to get haters. Um, so you just have to really develop that, uh, I don't, that like kind of thick skin um, that, that I think is fundamental to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I also, um, one thing that I, I often say is like to people that are trying to like follow that passion, follow that pursuit is like, don't wait for something to be perfect because mm-hmm. it's never going to get there. Just start. That's the hardest. Yep. That's honestly the hardest thing. And that's again with that little voice that says, Oh, you can't do this. Just start. And you know, you can make changes along the way. It's not like you start something and it's, it's set in stone that that's got how it has to be the entire time. You have the opportunity to make a difference with your own type of pursuit of your passion project or anything like that. There's an episode of Sex in the City, and I, I'm going to describe it because I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if people have watched it, but there's an episode where she's, and it's um, really insecure. So basically the main character is Carrie Bradshaw, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, she has her three other friends, um, and she gets asked to be in a fashion show, um, but she doesn't think she looks like a model. Um, so she is like really, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't, I'm not, I'm going to look like an idiot up there. People are going to judge me. People are going to this. And she's really insecure. She finally, Margaret Tro, um is the producer of the fashion show. And she, Margaret Tro finally convinces her to do the show. She does, um, even before the show starts, she's nervous. Um, and then when she gets out on the stage, she looks fantastic. Um, and she starts strutting and she just falls flat on her face in front of like all these hoity-toity, you know, New York, um, you know, fashion people and whatnot. But I always love it because it, 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 um, she, what she does is she, after she falls, she's like, I could either, you know, slink off the runway. What did she say? She's like, I could either slink off the runway and let my inner model die of shame, or she could pick herself, or then she's like, or I could pick myself up, flaws and all, and finish. Um, and that's what exactly what she does. She gets up and she walks up and she finishes. And it's like the most courageous thing that I've ever seen. But it always helps me so much that thinking about that whole episode, that whole scene, it's called The Real Me. It's the Real Me episode of Sex in the City. Uh, because it, it, like, I could, you know, I can, I've fallen flat on my face in front of all of these people. I've been so fearful to do this. Um, and now that I'm doing it, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to do it perfect. And then boom, I fall flat on my face. But it's just like the getting up part. It's like you can't be fearful of it falling flat on your face. That's the best part. That's the part that's going to lead to you getting up and doing even mm-hmm. better than you were ever going to do before. Right. Uh, and she didn't even want to do the, even do the, the fashion show in the first place, and she did it. And so that's basically that whole long analogy was basically you have to do it. You have to fall on your face, and you have to get right back up and keep on walking. So that's um, I always love that episode. I always love that analogy because it helps me really get up and keep moving forward in comedy and life and whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's a great uh, um, way to live life and, and, you know, just have that positivity and, and not, you know, take that fear. Um, we'll be winding down here now, but um, okay. I want to give you a chance uh to at least uh, plug some more of your stuff, but um, definitely want to have you back on the show. Cause there's just, I know yeah. we could probably talk for at least another couple hours easily. Yeah. So easily. it's just, it's just, it's just so yeah, easy to talk with you. Um, but yeah, please uh, plug again, uh, you know, where people can find you, where people can find your book, um, 
and you know any other uh, opportunities or things like that where people can connect with you? So people, they can connect with me um, primarily. You can do it on Instagram. My book, I primarily want you to connect with me through buying my book. Um, so you can find my book on Amazon. It's called A Game of Kooky Drones. Um, I really, I've already got the ebook out and it's been out for a little bit while, about a couple of weeks now. I'm releasing the paperback version and the audio, ver- audio audible version this week. Um, but you can still get the ebook version right now. Um, and you just go to Amazon, type in a game of kooky, kooky spelled K-O-O-K-Y, drones, um, a game of kooky drones. And you can just type that in on Amazon. You'll see a picture of Cersei with an, a, a blood-stained uh, apple. She's biting into a, a like blood-riddled apple. Um, and Jon Snow and Tyronian and... Um, uh, Khaleesi on the cover uh, they are all there um, and then you I'm sure you're going to love it uh, especially if you liked Game of Thrones and you just want to laugh it's really that simple like you like Game of Thrones you like laughing who doesn't it's really it's like there's no huge you know uh, requirement to enjoying this book um, I've, it's a quick easy read it's not that it's like 57 59 pages um Really quick, really easy. Uh, people have been loving it. There's reviews up there already, so you can see that. Um, so it's called Go There um, and Get My Book. And I'd love for you to get my book. Um, you can also connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is schoolboyhugh. So it's schoolboy underscore hugh. So it's uh, it's just a pun on the rapper Schoolboy Q. I go into Starbucks a lot, um, and I say my name, and they almost always write Q. For some reason, like I'm like Hugh, Hugh, um, and then one day I was like, oh, I should just call myself Schoolboy uh, Hugh on Instagram. So that's how I came up with the handle, Schoolboy underscore Hugh. Hugh is H U G H. Um, yes, so that's where you can find me. Um, I am on, I am on um, Instagram. So that's where you can find me. So yeah, awesome. Um, and we'll also have you on our, our guest profile on the in our guest directory. So you know we'll we'll put a link out directly to your book um, and and get people connected with you with that as well. So um, Hugh, I th- I really thank you for your time today. We'll get you back on the show for another episode, and um, I'll be talking with you soon. So thanks for everything. Thank you so much, Carl. I'll talk with you soon. Yep, no problem. Bye. Bye bye. And that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to check out the guest profiles for each of our guests uploaded on Fridays on the Par for the Course Business Podcast website. Tune in next week to hear another great episode of Par for the Course with another great guest and me, Mr. Minigolf. The Par for the Course Podcast is a Mr. Minigolf production. Music was produced by Donald Alford II.